Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Hey, Charity and Mark. Uh, this is Susan from Abilene, Texas. I think you are the best podcast I've ever listened to. I love the crime talk and all the laughs, and I can't wait to hear the next podcast. So y'all have a great day, and crime peeps. Woohoo! Charity? Yes. If this is the best podcast she's ever listened to, do you think it's the only one she's ever listened to? No. <laughs> is that really, that's because that's how I feel. I mean, that's how you feel, but I, I don't think so. I, that's I the like first us. thing that pops to my head is like, this has got to be the only one she's ever listened I to. I like us. I think we're, I like listening to us personally. I, all right. So I analyze all of our shows. I listen to all of them. Oh, me you, too. You have to. You have to. Because that's how you get better. Yeah. And there's times that I physically burst out laughing at things that we say. Literally, I do too, because Mark is like on the fly with his comments and some of the stuff he says. <laughs> I I'm don't like, even remember. Oh my God, that's wicked funny. And then I forget about it like because it happens in real time. And yeah. then I listen back to it whenever the it's released and I'm like, oh, I'll be in my car driving by myself and laughing because I think it's funny. All right. Here's something that if anybody who's been involved in radio or any of that kind of stuff, they get it because, you know, I do a lot of talking between the different shows that I do. So, for instance, I have no clue what I said in last episode <laughs> and we just recorded it eight minutes ago. <laughs> I have no clue. So like when I and you don't know how people are in their journey on our show. They could be right. listening to ones that are six months ago. Oh, I love that. When somebody sends us something, and trust me, I love you guys when you find us and you new oh, listeners. Yeah. And usually when they find us, they'll listen to the most current one, right? But then they'll go back and they stop binge watching. Which, but watching, that's good, Charity. Binge listening, which is what I do too. Yep. And I love it. But then they get so excited and they'll send us messages <laughs> about that that particular episode. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even remember what we said recently this has happened where someone said i said something and i remember i called cherry i'm like i didn't effing say that did i she's like oh no you did it was this episode i was yeah. like really i like a I had to go back and listen to it myself i was did, like oh i did, I say, did that. say that i don't know i'm here to bring the funny and you do mark i try and i think it's very you bring the funny and I, i've also heard that from people that they enjoy the sarcastic that you bring as well i'm bringing funny back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those mother of podcasts don't know how to act. <laughs> Bringing funny back. Guys, I deal with this very She often. loves it. Come on. And this Chris, is hilarious. Kristen deals with she it on the daily. She does not love this. <laughs> I always, I, it's so funny because I'll show her from time to time. I'll be like, this person just contacted the show to say that they love it. And she, they love these comments that I make. And she just looks at me without missing a beat and says, they don't have to hear them oh, every no. single minute of every single day. <laughs> That's I'm funny. Like, point well taken. All right. Now's the point of the show. I'd usually say charity. So you have some triple D's for me, but you told me before we cracked the mics that you had something new today. I have a new segment that came to me divinely. Oh, I was divinely. I, really? I was looking up something and I started to type into my Google machine and Google is, I think a little frightened of me at this time, but <laughs> that's putting it mildly. I started typing something in, and this came to me. 
you want to know what it is? I do. Strange laws around the world. Now. I do like this idea. Right? Some of them are hysterical. But guys, listen. We are totally open to a name for this segment. I mean, strange laws around the world is good, but it's just kind of too simple. We like to make it like extra long and too wordy and all that fun stuff. Yeah, just completely because it doesn't need to be. That's the reason why. I like well, that's to do why it. we do it. Right. So I like you, to be the Freddie Mercury of podcasts where you just make things way longer than they need to be well, and yeah, way more cool. Of course. So if anybody has any suggestions, you know that we would love to hear them. Guys, get on that. Text and voicemail line 603-212-4600. Facebook and Instagram, Case Watch Podcast. Twitter, Case Watch Pod. And while you're at it, go ahead and go over to iTunes. Look up Case Watch True Crime Podcast. Leave a five-star review and just leave the word divine. <gasps> divine. And you yes. can't just spell out divine. It needs to be divine. Yes, divine. I love that. I do too. Ever spell since it. you started doing that, I yep. do that all the time now. Spell it any way you want, guys. We're we super annoying. People love us though. <laughs> I don't know why they do sometimes. I don't either. Sometimes I'm like, what the Dude, heck? what you see with me is what you get. I happen to be at work the other day because I'm only working part-time now. And I eat, I work night, so I eat my lunch when I get to work. I am sitting there in front of my boss. I always get to like a half hour early so I can eat and get ready to go. And I'm eating a, oh my God, I can't even believe I'm going to say this on the radio. I'm eating a Lunchable, which I do every single day. Of course he is. And then my dessert is a fruit roll up. And my boss is just looking at me and he's like, what are you, 12? Yep. I'm we- like, I haven't grown up. This is what I like. I like fruit roll-ups and I like Lunchables. Oh my God. That's and awesome. he just shakes his head and he's like, I'm so glad you're part-time now. Aw, <laughs> I love it. It all, it all comes pre-packaged. It's easy. Yes, it's wonderful. I, You know what? I don't see a problem with that, Mark. I really don't. This is why we're friends. Exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's like our crime creeps are, you know, just adding to our goofballness. Oh, they antagonize us. And they love it. And we love it. I, f- I freaking makes my day. I'm trying to come up with a name on the fly. So while you're doing it, I'm going to come up with a name too. Okay. All right, Charity, take it away. I want to hear some of these amazing laws. Okay. Here's the first one. I guess it was once decided by Swiss and German hikers that it would be a great idea to hike in the nude. All right. I'm on board. All right. But listen, when you say nude, it has to be in all caps and it's spelled N-E-W-D. Nude. Hmm. Because it sounds better than nude. Okay. Just saying. I love to hike, Mark, as you know. And I have to say, this doesn't sound like a good idea at all. No, chafing. There's lots of rocks. Yep. Sticks, trees, dirt, (laughs) etc. Sometimes it's steep or slippery. Yes. And I personally like to keep my crevasses well protected. I don't blame you. This became such a frequent occurrence in Switzerland. So frequent, the Swiss law enforcement had to make it illegal and enforce fines. So there were so many people hiking nude, guys. If you were caught in your birthday suit hiking along, you will be fined over $100. I mean, or you could just look at it a different way. It only costs you $100, Sherry, to go hiking nude. I mean, it's you all know about what? perspective. Here's the thing, Mark. You are 100% right. If you are a person who knows about all these nude hikers and you're, you're involved, maybe the, you guys, you guys research for this for us. Maybe there's groups of nude hikers like on the internet. There like, could be. We are nude hikers and I've we're heard, hiking nude. And we heard don't, of weird things on the internet before. Oh, there's way weirder things. And we are so hiking nude and we don't care if we have to pay over $100. Mark, you bring such good perspectives. I do. You really do. When you look at, so people need to look at it this way. When there's a fine that's low and it's something that you want to do, don't look at it as legal. Just look at it as everything cool costs money. Yep. So when I go to Walmart, my fruit roll-ups cost five bucks for a box. If the fine for running naked down through the streets, 10 bucks, it's not a fine. It only costs $10 to run naked downtown. (laughs) Like, that's the way you got to look at it, guys. (laughs) I mean, just my perspective. I'm also not an attorney. Please do not say you got permission from the Case Watch podcast. Mark's class is half full, not half empty. I yeah, like it. buddy. Here's another. If you live in Sarporex, I don't know if I said that. Sarporex, S R S A R P O U 
R E N X. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not even try. it's a town in France. I'm sorry if anybody who lives in France and lives in that town, I'm sorry if I butchered it. She's not really sorry. I am. You better hope you already have a plot purchase before you die. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. If you die in the town without a pre-purchase plot, you would be going against the town's ordinance issued by the mayor in 2008. Uh-oh. He was not messing around either. He said, quote unquote, offenders will be severely punished. Question. <laughs> I'm a little confused. If you're dead, how can you be punished? Okay, that was my question. And what are they going to do to your dead body? Off to Pottersfield you go. <laughs> I don't get these laws sometimes. I don't either. All right, here's another one. I had four, I got four of these, and there's way more, guys. Oh, good. Anyone who owns a dog knows that if he or she poops in public, you need to pick it up. Hence those little doggy bags you see people carrying on walks with their dogs. Correct. I believe this is etiquette almost everywhere. Some places take it more seriously than others. Yeah, if your dog poops on my lawn and you keep walking, I'm going to throw a rock at you. Oh, that's And I have like eight cameras on the front of my house, so I will find you. All right, guys. um, (laughs) That's a little side note from Mark. Yes. (laughs) On the Isle of Capri, Italy, if you don't pick up your dog's poop, it will be subject to DNA testing. Your dog will be found and you will be fined. Oh, my God. (laughs) How amazing is that? Wow. I'm all for this. It would be nice if homeowners could do this when they find dog poop on their lawns, or we could use DNA technology for all the human public poopers like we've talked about. Oh my God. Remember the cul-de-sac lady or the guy pooping on cars? This, oh, I don't We even, would have been able to find them so much sooner. I don't even know if I should say this on Oh, the just air. say it. Just do it. So I was doing a photo shoot last week, last Saturday to be exact. Oh boy. And I had a client in there, and we were in the upstairs front room. You know which one I'm talking about. I sure do. Yep. And you can see behind my sign where the tree is. Yep. And we're admiring the street and looking, and she looks at me, and she says, there's a guy pooping behind your sign. Mark, why did you tell me this? And I'm like, and then I look, and I'm like, oh, my God. Did you yell out? I was like, what are you doing? What did he say? Just kept pooping. You didn't. He didn't get off your lawn? No. I should have yelled, get off my lawn. You should. <laughs> the point of it. I'm just like, just the way she said it, she's like, there's a guy pooping on your lawn. Like just nonchalant. Like it's right just behind com- my sign. Conversation. Like it was just normal conversation. Oh, hey, um, that tree's beautiful. And there's a man pooping behind your sign. And I'm Ew. like, wow. See, you need to go down there and you need to scoop it up and you need to test it for DNA. Find out who the pooping man was and have him arrested. Yeah, there's a lot worse things going on in Nashua. I'm very low on the totem pole of things that police care about in that town. Wait, I could, wouldn't you imagine their faces, though? Like, sir, we don't, do, we don't, we don't care. Do that. Sir, just p- clean it up with a shovel, sir. <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring my leaf floor in because they also throw all the trash on my lawn. You're going to blow the poops? And blow oh. all their trash into the main road. Oh, we could be like those people who pick the trash up with those pokey things. We could pick up the poop if it. Those are criminals. Oh, I don't want to be a criminal. <laughs> Walking those the, the roadside cleanup crews. Yeah, I don't want to be a criminal. <laughs> All right, moving on. I have one more, and this one is, I kind of find it a little sad, but I don't know. Wait, hold on. Most everyone knows the sweet little bear, Winnie the Pooh. Yes. Right? He's he so cute. Honey. He loves his honey. He's so nice to Eeyore. Oh, Christopher Robin. Yeah, and he like tries to help Eeyore not be so down. He's just so cute. Oh, bother. <laughs> that was really good. I try. As cute as Pooh is. Pooh is not cute. Doesn't take away from the fact that she he is. She didn't get it, guys. What do you mean? Not that type of Pooh. We Winnie just the Pooh. talking about that. As cute as Winnie the Pooh is, it doesn't take away from the fact that he is indeed pantsless or pantless. He has no pants on. I mean, he doesn't have any parts to show, but some people could still find his bottom half offensive. You know what us fat guys call that? What? It's called Porky Piggin. What? That's what we call it. What does Porky that mean? Pig also wears a shirt with no pants. Oh. It's like, hey, I see what you, you Porky Pig oh, in so, it. So. <laughs> the next time you your husband walks out with no <laughs> pants on, 
and just a shirt and be like, so he decided to be Porky Pig today Porky and just see what Pig. he says. So I guess this would probably, uh, this would probably go for him too. Yeah. This is exactly what happened in Poland. Oh boy. They banned the cute, chubby little pantless bear from playgrounds, schools, <laughs> etc. Pretty much anywhere kids can be found. Because after all, there shouldn't be anyone pantless around children. Maybe someone can give the little guy some pants. So no, draw some pants on. this is what on. we need to do. Do you remember? So when you get a show or a movie and like they're flipping somebody off or something and now it plays on TV and they put the little uh, blur spot over. <gasps> we could do we that just put poop. a blur over his private areas and have it, everyone wonder like, man, what were they doing back in the 80s? What were they drawing? It'd be hilarious, Charity. Yeah, or just take a damn shoppy and give him some Daisy Duke shorts or something. That's not as funny as the blur because <laughs> it's true. the imagination. So that we we need to print up a bunch of Winnie the Pooh t-shirts. Yeah. And put a blur where his privates would be. I like it. Let's do it. And I kind of like it too. Well, then he can go to Poland and go to playgrounds. <laughs> I love right? it. Right? What if, what if Winnie the Pooh is a little Polish boy or girl's favorite little cartoon character and they love Winnie the Pooh attire and they can't wear it because they might offend another child at the park. I find this so great that <laughs> they have worked through every other problem in the world. Like, right. That this is the number know, one problem. Hunger. <laughs> um, they've world peace. Like they're now at the point where they've got all that figured out and they can just regulate Winnie the Pooh's pants. Yeah. Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. They can't, it's not allowed. He That's should, so funny. He should never have jumped on anyone's t-shirt without pants on. I agree. Charity, I'm going to give you a little cherry on top of that Sunday over there. And Thank I'm going to give Mark. you a couple of lawyers say, what? <gasps> I, oh, is that the, is that the name of it now? That's the working title of mine, yeah. I love it. All right. So this smart oh, lawyer said, the youngest son, the 20-year-old, how old is he? <laughs> The witness said, he's 20, much like your IQ. Oh, yes. Oh, my. I like how they're giving it back to them. It's funny. Now, this brainiac attorney said, now, doctor, isn't it true that when a person dies in his sleep, he doesn't know about it until the next morning? <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Really? You actually asked that freaking question? These are so good. I agree. I'm falling in love with this segment. This brainiac went on to say, can you describe the individual? He was about medium height and had a beard. Was this a male or female? I mean. True. We've all been to the circus. Well, that was this witness's response. Unless this was a circus in town, I'm going to go with male. I didn't even know that. Oh, that's so good. The world would not be able to be in existence without this smart attorney because he went to say, do you recall the time you examined the body? The autopsy started around 8.30 p.m. And Mr. Denton was dead at the time. Um, if not, he was by the time I finished. <laughs> These are so good. Mark, you know what would be awesome? Because I love the voices you're using. If you had the voice changer right now and you could do Oh, that. I don't have that on this <laughs> I know, board. That would be so funny. And I'm going to end it with this humdinger oh, because hum this is right up my alley. This is Mark Court right here. Uh -oh. This would be what I did. Okay. This genius went on to say. Genius. All your responses must be oral. Okay. What school did you go to? The witness promptly answered, oral. <laughs> you, sir. Are my hero. I wish we knew who he was and we could send him a sticker. Uh, if you are this guy, let me know. I will definitely amazing. send you a sticker. That is amazing. And douchebag lawyers say, what? I love Is done. <laughs> Charity, what case do you have for us today? Oh, my God. We're going to be talking about Carla Faye Tucker and Daniel Garrett. And that's all I'm going to say right now. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Take it away.
Carla Faye Tucker was born on November 18, 1959, in Houston, Harris County. She was the youngest of three girls, Carrie Ann and Kathy Lynn. Her parents, Carolyn and Larry, didn't really want to be parents. So here we go again. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Carla and her sisters practically had to raise themselves as their parents were always out partying. Partying or fighting, it was said that they got divorced and remarried more than once. Oh, great. Carrie Ann and Kathy Lynn would start partying at a young age due to their role models and too much freedom. So they basically had way too much freedom. When Carla was just eight, she caught her sister smoking the wacky tobacco. What's that? It's the marijuana. It's the Ooh. green. It's the grass. You know, oh, man. The, Do you know what's really, really funny? Is I did not know for many, many years that Puff, the magic dragon. Oh, is about smoking weed. Yeah. Me neither. I used to sing it as a kid. I, okay. <laughs> they were on Channel 2, remember? Yes. Like, they were on, like, which, that's a local channel that's had all kinds of, like, little kid things on. One of the funniest interviews I've ever heard in my life. You had this pompous reporter from probably, I would say, Rolling Stone or something. It was interviewing Tom Petty. And he's like, when I hear Last Dance with Mary Jane, it makes me think this and feel that. He's like, I really love your headspace. You know, just basically trying to be like, oh, I know everything about music. Right. And he's like, just, I, I, I just, this, so, this song is such a story. He's like, how did you come up with it? He's like, um, Songs about smoking pot. <laughs> he's like, well, yeah. No, he's like, no, that's that's all it is. It's just about pot. Yeah. Don't read into it. <laughs> the guy's just like, he looks like such a jackhole. Right. Like, I love it. Right. Because that, <laughs> that's kind of a pretty well-known thing, too. That, that yeah, Mary that song Jane. is just about pot. Why do people listen to us? How do we end up here? I, I, I get so confused. I don't know. Oh, God. Anyways. <laughs> right. Let me get back into this. Carl, when Carla caught them smoking. Oh, lead, that's why. Yes, that's what it was. Yes. She told them she was going to tell their parents. I personally don't think Carolyn would have cared, but the girls didn't want to risk it. The sim sisters simply let their little eight-year-old sister smoke some of the weed. This way, if she told their parents, she would risk getting in trouble as well. That's not really, that's not that cool. No. It's only eight. By 1969, Carolyn and Larry were divorced for good. One of the major reasons for the final divorce was Carolyn's infidelity. Not, that would do it. Not only did she not work and just party all the time, clearly not caring for her children, but she also thought nothing of cheating on her husband. At the time of the divorce, Carla was only 10, would find out that the only father she had ever known, if that's what you want to call him, was not her biological father. So her father was one of the men her mother cheated with. She probably didn't even know who it was. Both Carla's sisters had blonde hair and blue eyes while she had brown hair and brown eyes. Now that made sense. Yeah. So like her whole life, well, she was only 10 at the time, but like up to that point, she couldn't understand why she was the only one with brown eyes, brown hair, and the other two looked like sisters. Yeah, that's a little uh, obvious. Yeah. After hearing this information, the young girl would start to feel like an outsider. The only quote unquote different one in the family. By the time the youngest of three was 11, she was regularly doing heroin and drinking lots of alcohol. Oh, my God. That's so young. Yeah. That's going to, like, mess with a growing body. You would think. Heroin, like, that's that's not just a little wacky tobacco. I'm in my 40s. I've never done that. I, I haven't either. By the time she was 12, Carla was using drugs heavily and following in her mother's and sister's shoes, having sex and partying. When she was 14 years old, she dropped out of high school to party full time. Hmm. Her delightful mother, Carolyn, was a hardcore rock groupie at the time. She convinced her daughter to go along with her, traveling with the Allen Brothers Band, the Marshall Tucker, Tucker Band, and the Eagles. At least they were traveling with good bands. <laughs> Again, just finding the, the best in life. I mean, those are good bands. <laughs> they really are. Come on, Charity. Marshall Tucker was great. Can't you see? Can't you see? Here he goes. What that one. Oh, that's right. Yes. doing to me. Yeah. Mark, that was so heartfelt. That was. It was wonderful. It just made everybody's ears feel like somebody just took styrofoam and like. <laughs> Luckily, if they want, they can turn that part down for a quick second. And then Please don't. Down. Tell me I'm a great singer. <laughs> to fund their time on the road, Carolyn and Carla would prostitute themselves together. What an interesting mother and daughter activity. 
When Carla was just 16, she married a a man named Stephen Griffith. Stephen was a mechanic. Their marriage was very brief. Hmm. There wasn't much else to find on this short-lived marriage. I guess maybe she just got bored, right? You go from like partying with these bands. Woo, look what I'm doing over here, Mark Party. Yeah, charity's dancing, guys. Partying with these bands, having lots of sex and getting paid for it as a prostitute and having anything you want to drink or any drugs to all of a sudden being settled down and married. That's just my I'm pretty sure she wasn't settled down when she was married. Maybe that's why it didn't last. That's just my opinion. Anyways, by the time she, you, you are way too excited. I have to say, I don't mean to keep interrupting, but when Charity said the word sex, she got all excited <laughs> and got this like funny look on her face. It was hilarious. Sorry, guys. It was great. People really want us to do this. I know they video do. Form. We got to do more videos. Like they want us to be on YouTube because they want to see our faces. <laughs> because we did do a couple guys join the uh, crime creeps group. Because you we can find them. Do make weird faces. We do. <laughs> Some of them are pretty funny. They are. By the time she was 20, she was back on track with the wildlife. She started hanging out with a group of bikers. She would meet a husband and wife named Sean and her husband, Jerry Lynn Dean. These new friends thought Carla would be a great match with their friend, Danny Garrett, and introduced them in 1981. By all accounts, these two started hanging out all the time, drinking, partying, and doing all kinds of drugs. So she's continuing on. She found her like group of people. That were like-minded and enjoyed doing the same things that she did. Danny was 35 years old and Carla was 21. June 13th, 1983, Carla and Danny were at a party with their friends and some foes. So some friends and some not friends. They were, of course, drinking up a storm and drugging it up. Carla's friend, Sean Dean, was also at the party. As soon as Carla saw Sean's face, she wanted to know what happened. Her wounded friend had told her that her estranged husband, Jerry, punched her in the face. So Sean and Jerry were separated. And apparently, Jerry was had gotten abusive with her. That's not acceptable. Okay? No. Carla and Jerry, who was at the party as well, got into a heated argument. Carla allegedly told Jerry that she would mess him up if he got in her way again. Carla was a self-proclaimed tough biatch. Not afraid to back down from anyone. She had been known to get in fistfights with not only women, but men as well. Good for you, girl. So she was just, you know, she was hardcore. She was doing it. She was living it. She, no one was going to mess with her. Sean went on to tell Carla that Jerry had been hurting her for a while now. This obviously enraged Carla. So she and Danny decided they would give him a piece of his own medicine and break into his apartment to steal a motorcycle he had been restoring. So he had this motorcycle in his apartment that everybody knew because they were all part of this group of people that enjoyed motorcycles that he was excited to restore this motorcycle. So they were going to just bust his biscuits and go in there and take that motorcycle right out from underneath his nose. I hate when people get their biscuits busted. (sighs) I know because especially the flaky biscuits that you can peel like this. Look, you know, those are good. The the Pillsbury ones and you peel them like this. I love that. Sorry. When the drunk drunk. Now I'm starving. Thank you. I'm (laughs) sorry. Don't you wish you had some of those biscuits? I do because I like the biscuits. Biscuits. That's weird. It's cute. That's awkward. All right. Anyway, Charity. Sorry. Continue. When the drunk, drug-induced couple entered Jerry's bedroom, Carla jumped on him immediately. I assume he was asleep. So she just kind of like ran in there and jumped on him. And of course- Probably not the first time she's done that, if you get my drift. That's what she said. (laughs) I got to say it, guys. She finally did. So Jerry clearly woke up and a struggle took place. The 27-year-old confused man grabbed Carla to try to throw her off. So he's, he's- you know, doesn't know what's going on. He's woken up out of a sound sleep. Put yourself into that for a second, guys. Really. Sound asleep. Somebody's on his back. He doesn't know it's Carla. He doesn't know who it is. And he's trying to navigate the situation of what's going on. I've almost thrown the crime kitty across the room because she like, uh, she'll come in there in the morning. She'll like dive on my head and freak me out. I'm like, what the? She just wants to snuggle her daddy. That is No, no, she's going for an attack. Oh, okay. But it scares you because you don't know what it is. So I can just imagine somebody jumping on you. Put yourself into that. That's crazy. When Danny saw Jerry grab Carla, he grabbed a ball peen hammer that was on the floor and struck the man in the head 
in his own bedroom. Hmm. So, you know, he had his tools because he was working on his bike and he just grabbed it. Danny just grabbed it. And instead of pulling Carla off of him and then them leaving, he decides to hit the man in the head. Oh, my God. After a couple of hits to the man's skull, Danny just, you know, left the room. Whatevs. Wow. Sorry. Sorry about that, man. Sorry about breaking your noggin. Right? Carla, still in the room, could hear Jerry gurgling, and it annoyed her, Mark. Oh, my God. Yeah, she was annoyed by his gurgling sounds. So she picked up the three-foot-tall pickaxe and began swinging to stop the annoying sounds. Oh, my God. It was the only thing she could do. I mean, what else would she, what else should she have done, Mark? Maybe not break into his apartment and hit him with a hammer? Well. And then cut him up with an axe? His sounds were annoying her. You wouldn't hear him if you didn't break into his apartment. Right? She silenced him, all right. Yeah. She finished him off is what she did. Later, in a police interview, Carla said that she reached an orgasm with every hit to Jerry's lifeless body. I'm pretty sure that you should not maybe say that part. And I'm pretty sure that that's not possible. I'm not a female, but I'm going to go ahead and say we cannot say that conclusively. That's true. We really don't know. After she made sure Jerry was dead and finished all those amazing murderous orgasms, Carla noticed a bump on the bed under the covers. She pulled the blankets back and found 32-year-old Deborah Thornton. It seemed Jerry didn't waste any time finding someone new after he split from his wife, Sean. You know, Carla's friend that got roughed up by him. I'm thinking this probably fed to Carla's rage for what Jerry had put her friend through. Without a second thought, this raging woman swung the axe into Deborah's heart over and over. Oh my God. Can you imagine what was going through the poor woman's head as she was being attacked? Talk about being in the wrong place at the wrong time, literally. So it was said when they were found, the couple was naked. So clearly they were having some time spent together. This was his new girl. They were had been intimate and fell asleep. But literally, she was so far removed from the situation. Yeah. She probably had no idea what was going on. This is not the night she planned for. Oh, no. The two left the dead couple's apartment, toting Jerry's motorcycle. You know, the reason they went over there in the first place, they didn't want to leave that. They went over there to get that motorcycle, and gosh darn it, they were going to leave with it, Mark. This is pathetic. Mm-hmm. They were just going to steal his bike. Jerry was supposed to drive a co-worker to work, and he was waiting outside of the apartment. So the co-worker walked to Jerry's apartment. I guess that he did this every morning, and he and Jerry were driving to work. When Jerry didn't come outside, he decided to go in and see what was taking him so long. As soon as he found the massacred dead bodies, he called the police. Unbelievable. And can you imagine being that coworker? No. Like you just showed up for a ride. <laughs> you I didn't show up to find all. two dead bodies that were mutilated. Police began to investigate right away. This was far from a normal killing. Five weeks after the murders, investigators were able to gather enough evidence to arrest Carla and Danny. Like, did you really think you're going to get away with it? There were no gloves used. There was no, I mean, I know it was in the 80s. They probably had the bike still. That and everybody, everybody seemed like they knew each other, right? So yeah. it, it wasn't hard to find out what happened. Scumbags, man. So September of 1983, the couple were both indicted for murder, but would be tried separately. Carla was quickly to enter a plea of not guilty, then was sent back to jail to await her trial. She decided it would be a good idea to start reading the Bible. So she visited the ministry in jail and was given one. She probably should have done that before she killed her, you know, friends there. She later had this to say. I didn't know what I was reading. Before I knew it, I was in the middle of my cell on my knees. I was just asking God to forgive me. Thought she wasn't guilty. Why would you ask for forgiveness if you weren't guilty? That's my first question, guys. Yeah, I have lots of questions and I have lots of little comments, but I'm just going to keep them to myself because they're scumbags. October 1983, Carla became a Christian. And after a while, she married the prison minister, Reverend Dana Lane Brown. Hmm. They had their wedding ceremony in jail, but they were never allowed to have a physical relationship. Oh, too bad. So they, they couldn't, you know. We already found out she has her orgasms by swinging an axe. That's right. So that's all she'd have to do if she wanted to have one. Just go to swing an axe. Or just maybe like simulate it. Yeah, there we go. I don't know. In 1984, Carla and Danny were sentenced to the death penalty. This was done even though the death penalty was almost never sought after with female defendants. Hey, it is what it is. Equal treatment means equal everything. Well, 
as we read on, there's a lot of discussion that happens about this case. Oh, yeah. Very I can imagine. Carla would be killed by lethal injection. Danny, on the other hand, would never have to worry about making it, making it to his death date as he died in 1993 in prison. His cause of death was liver disease. I assume all the drugs and alcohol contributed to his untimely death. There were many attempts for a retrial between 1984 and 1992. All these re- requests were denied, and Carla continued to sit on death row. June 22nd, 1992, she pleaded that her life be spared, saying that she only committed this horrible murder because she was under the influence of drugs and alcohol. We've talked about this many times. Many people are under the influence of drugs and alcohol and very few murder people. All right. So I'm not guilty and should be allowed to go free because I was breaking another law and doing illegal drugs. Right. So I, I would never have done it if I wasn't doing that other thing. Right. Well, I'm sorry. You're now a two-time Dimwit. Right. So because you were un- under the influence, it gives you a pass for axe murdering two people. Yeah. I'm not down with this at all. Right. So if you are in the, in, under the influence of severe alcohol and abuse and you're in your vehicle and you run over four small children, you should be, nothing should happen to you. Don't let me go. I was, I was doing drugs it and drinking alcohol. It's was, not my fault. Yeah. I just oh, I have a hard time with that. I do too. She told the courts she was now a reformed person who has found God and turned her whole life around, now only doing good. I do believe people can change, and maybe she did find solace and forgiveness through religion. This still doesn't excuse her horrific actions. So she's been criticized. So there's two sides to this, okay? In in the crime creeps, after you hear this, you'll be on one side or the other. Everyone has their opinion. Nobody's wrong. I want to state that right now. Opinions are like, you know what? Everyone's got one. Yes. So Mark and I will obviously give our opinions as we always do. And I don't, so a lot of people have criticized the fact saying that she very quickly became religious. It was literally immediately while she was waiting in jail. So they're speculating that she did that on purpose to say, hey, look, I've changed now. I'm a changed woman, right? She even, even married the, the minister. Yeah. So, those are the, the critics against her that say that. Um, but many people and groups came to her aid in support. The United States commissioner appealed to the state of Texas in her behalf. Along with the World Council of Churches, Pope John Paul II himself was on her side. Televangelist Pat Robinson, the Speaker of the House at the time, and even Debbie Thornton's brother, Ron Carlson. He had forgiven Carla and didn't believe in the death penalty. So... Even her brother, the innocent woman who was murdered, was like, yeah, you, shouldn't, you, you should be in jail for the rest of your life, but you shouldn't be murdered. Hmm. That's really a lot of forgiveness. That's, I got to give him a lot of credit. because I wouldn't have any of that in my life. That's, that's a tough one. That's really, some people have it in them to be able to forgive like that, and others just can't, you know? There's things you can forgive. Right. Killing somebody is not one of them. And so violently. And she, yeah. and she didn't, I mean, she was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Even the warden of Texas of Texas's Huntsville prison said she was a model prisoner and was likely reformed after being jailed for 14 years. There were many citizens on both sides of the spectrum, those for the death penalty and believed Carla deserved to die and those who wanted the death penalty lifted and for her to spend her life in jail. Even with much support, the board turned down her request on January 28th, 1998. Good. Carla spent her time on death row in the Mountain View unit in Gatsville, Texas. State authorities took her from the Gatsville and flew her to the Huntsville unit so she could enjoy her last meal. Do you want to know what she had? I'm always curious at people's last meals. Yeah, because we're going to have a discussion about this. Oh, boy. <laughs> she had a banana, a peach, and a salad with ranch dressing. <laughs> I thought that was an interesting choice for someone's last meal. I personally... <laughs> A banana, a peach. What was the other one? And a salad with ranch dressing. Okay, so I I can't even say it. Just move on. I I'm like, wow, what is this meal? So a banana is like a phallus. A peach is a oh. woman's thing, and she's gonna eat a tossed salad <laughs> with ran- white ranch dressing. Stop it. What is stop it? This lady is effed. Do you think that meant something? 
what? Who is going to pick those well, items? Because what I was going to say, I I personally think, and I will never have to make this decision <laughs> of my last meal. But I probably either wouldn't be able to eat anything because of the nerves, right? Because you're going to to die. I'm eating Kentucky Fried Chicken. Or right. Or I said I would order so much of my favorite fatty junk foods that I get my hands on because I'd be like, no way in tomorrow. Yeah, no way in. I'm eating up. Right. <laughs> so that would be yours, Kentucky Fried Chicken. <sighs> of course. Would it be the drums or the breasts? <laughs> um, I like. I only like the breasts. I, I like white meat. Okay. I don't the dark meat. I just have never liked it. So like in my house, like I remember that everyone used to fight over like the drumsticks and stuff on you know for Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. Not me. I I hate dark meat. I just I've never liked mm, it. Okay. I like the I'll eat breast, but I'm a weird dude where I have a hard time eating meat off a bone too. Yeah. So do I do you pref- use a fork. All right. So the only ones I'll do is the KFC. Okay. And I'll I'll eat the breast, and I suffer through it because it just. Oh, I just think of the animal and like, ugh. all right, Mark's hungry. No, actually, I'm not. You're I just not? ate right before you got here. Oh, I I had one of those new um, chicken sandwiches from Burger King. Oh, was it divine? They are divine. Oh, excellent. Very, very, very divine. I'm glad to hear about it. So Carla had selected four people to be present when she died. Her sister, Kari, her husband, Dana, you know, the minister, her friend Jackie and Ron Carlson. If you remember, Ron was Debbie's brother. He had first supported the death penalty and later changed his mind. If you remember from earlier, Ron was in support of taking the death penalty off the table so that Carla could continue living the rest of her life in jail. So they said that Ron himself actually found God, and that's how he made mm. that decision to forgive her. Yeah, I, you're not going to catch me forgiving somebody for killing somebody in my life. Witnesses for the victims were Debbie's husband, Richard. Guess she had been married at the time of her death. So she must have been separated from her husband, too. I don't know. Oh, my God. I just put that together. Right. Like, her only child, uh, Joseph, and her stepdaughter, Katie. There was also media there to record her last words. There was a few people from the Texas Department of Criminal Justice, including Warden Baggett. You know, the one who said that she was a model yep. model inmate and that she definitely likely turned herself around. I don't believe it, but Yep. Here are Carla's last words. You ready for it, Mark? I, um, I, this, these are things that I like. We should do a segment with last meals and last words at okay. some point. Yes, sir. I would like to say to all of you, the Thornton family and Terry Dean's family, that I am truly sorry. I hope God will give you peace with all of this. She looked at her husband and said, baby, I love you. She looked at Ron Carlson and said, Ron, give Peggy a hug for me. So she had a relationship yeah. With the murdered woman's brother, and it, Peggy must be his significant other. I don't know. Thought that was a little interesting. That's odd. Right? She looked at all present, weeping and crying, and said, everybody has been so good to me. I love all of you very much. I am going to be face-to-face with Jesus now. Warden Baggett, thank you all so much. You have all been so good to me. I love all of you very much. I will see you all when you get there. I will wait for you. Hmm. Kind of heartfelt. I mean, I, I don't, here's my, my thinking. She very well could have reformed herself. She could have found God. There are many people that have done that who have yeah. come from drugs, you know, bad childhood, whatever. That doesn't change the fact that she brutally murdered two people. You can't just take that off the table because. I get your charity. I really do. It does not now just give you blanket coverage for. Look what I did in my past. I, I'm better now and I'm good. Right. Like I'm glad if she truly changed her life around. I'm so happy for her. I'm so happy that she now felt remorse for what she did. And, you know, all of those things. I hope, I hope for her that she did find God. And if you know she did, mean? she's now gone to her maker and she's where she needs to be. Right. So I don't know. This is also, I go back and forth now. I don't. I really don't. I'm I'm pretty much right down the middle. You kill somebody, there's actions, and it's just what the way it is. I agree with that. But my thing is, is the whole, what we've talked about, right? Because like, I used to be a big believer of the death penalty. Yep. But now, with certain of these cases that have been so heinous, it's like, is it worse for you to just be in jail and have to live in jail? Oh, 100%. So if I was ever... 
in jail and I had a death sentence, I would want to be killed. Like right. 100%. I wouldn't want to spend the rest of my life in jail. Right. Like the death penalty be getting off easier. Right. But in her case, it wasn't because she had a bunch of friends in jail. She had a religious group she belonged to. She even had a husband. So yeah. she was living her life. It was an inside life, but she was yeah. living her life in jail. She's so, making the most of it. So for her to be able to live her life out in jail would have been a much better situation. I agree. So I don't know. I I don't know. And it's hard, too, because, you know, one of the victims, even her family member was like, I truly forgive you and I don't want you to be put. You know, and if someone if he can forgive her, I don't know how I feel. Let's um, ask the victim if they forgive her. All right. No, I know. I know, Mark. I there's, know. The, there's the problem. I know. There's two people who died and she got an orgasm by swinging an axe at him. Right. Just because you decided that you found God now doesn't mean you're not going to face your penalties. It just is what it is. Right. I'm pretty cut and dry with well, that kind of stuff. That was what the law decided for her. Yep. So no matter what we think, it's what happened. So she was lethally injected on February 3rd, 1998. As the deadly mixture went through her veins, looking at the ceiling, she praised Jesus Christ and licked her lips. Carla's last... Carla's time of death was at 6.45 p.m. She was the first woman executed in the state of Texas in 135 years. So because of this, this execution caused a media frenzy. Many wanted to know why she was the one to be executed after all those years, especially where one of the victim's family members were against the execution and the fact that it seemed as if she made many attempts to change who she was as a person. So does not change what you did. Right. All right. So now, all right, let's right. run through a couple things. You asked for my opinion. Yeah. And this is all this is. This is my opinion. Yep. So if there isn't consequences, people are just going to do stuff. I, mean, I almost said the S word and I'm trying, I, I try not to swear. Right. Some people like being in jail. They really do. Right. There are people that can't make it on the outside. It's true. Do you know what people don't like? Dying. So since we stopped having death penalty cases and stopped a lot of the stuff, have you noticed that the murder rates have increased? Yeah. When you give people the, hey, when you start doing this stuff, we kill you, the murder rates go down. Yeah. Because people see an actual consequence to stuff. Like I said, nobody wants to be in jail, I don't think, but people get in there and some of them, that's the structure they need. It's yeah, very she, much like the military. Well, they, they live very well in that honestly, system there. In her case, I don't I don't know if she would have changed if she hadn't gone to jail. Oh, 100% no. You know, I think she would have just continued on living yeah, how I she was living. So finding God and living a different life altogether was a big thing people talked about. And the fact that she wasn't asking to get out of jail. She was totally fine with living her life in jail. This certainly is an interesting one to discuss because there's going to be all sorts of opinions on this. Right? I don't want to hear all of them. From I do everybody. too. And guys, there's no wrong and no right. Just be just be nice creeps to each yeah, other. Yeah, just be civil. That's all we ask. It's okay. It's okay to disagree. Oh, I disagree with Charity often. And then when he finds out that he's wrong, everything's fine again. <laughs> I, I was waiting for you to say that something so very good, smart, Alecky. Like wasn't that. That, good? that was good, guys. That was good. <laughs> I don't know. I, I want to hear what you guys all have yeah. to say. I'm torn. I'm torn. I, I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I feel about this. Right? I'm cut and dry. I, if you, here's the thing. If you start taking each individual case and start looking at, you know, well, this one has this factor and this one has this factor. That's not what you do. Every action has an equal and op opposite reaction. That's just the way I've always been. I think the problem is, though, that in the court systems, it's not like that. There's, All right. There's well, they're making many. a big deal that she was a female. Who they, cares? Yeah. She's a person. I don't care if you're male or female. Right. I don't care any of your orientations. I don't care what you identify as. I don't care about any of that. I look at everybody as a human being. Right. And that's just the way it is. You want equal rights, equal everything. You have equal punishments as well. Well, and unfortunately, at the time of... The murders she was living in Texas, and those are the laws. Yep. So I don't know. I'm I, like I said, I'm really interested to hear what the creeps have to say. What do they say in that movie, uh, the Jim Carrey one? And that's the way the cookie crumbles. Mm. That's just the way it is. Yep. 
Unfortunately, I, I'm all for everything being equal, and it doesn't matter for the better or for worse. Yep. Everything is equal, and you're totally entitled to that. Yep, everyone ha- is. And that's my to opinion. Here. And like I said, opinion. everybody has one. Oh, they do. So I always, like I say, I like to end these stories talking about the victims, uh, but there was almost nothing I could find. It was all about Carla and whether she should have gotten the death penalty. And that kind of bothered me too. That obsessed me when it overshadows the actual Way victims. overshadowed. Like yep. I literally had to pull and pull and pull. And then this is like, I don't know. However anyone feels about that, I still think it's incredibly sad that it, like you said, it overshadows the two people yep. that were so br- brutally murdered. I, I, I don't know. So here's the little bit that I found. Deborah Ruth, quote unquote, Debbie Carlson Thornton, born May 10th, 1951 in Columbus, Franklin County, Ohio, moved to the Houston area when she and her brother Ron went to work at a manufacturing company. So she moved to the area to find work. She was literally in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's all I found on her, which is super sad. That's sad. And there was almost no information on Jerry Dean. Just that he was born May 21st, 1956 in Smith County, Texas, and we know how he died. That's sad. sad. See, we know a ton about the- Whole case, yeah. Perpetrators, but not much about the victims. Yep. Super, super sad. Charity, another good case you found that I knew absolutely nothing about. Thanks, Mark. Oh, I also listened to, sorry, read the book, guys. (laughs) I love that. Guys, I love it. I skidoo around town on foot. With my headphones on. And I don't wear, I do have Beats, the ones that hook around your ears. Yep. I usually wear like actual headphones. So get a mental picture, everyone. That's so funny. Yeah. And I'm usually wearing a case watch sweatshirt. Now you got to let everybody know, oh, they got headphones and a case watch shirt. Yeah. And we're in Massachusetts. It's Charity. There she is walking on <laughs> foot. <laughs> That's awesome. Guys, make sure you follow us on Instagram. I am at NotMarkB. Charity is at Charity underscore Case Watch. And we have really shrunken that gap between us. We are four people apart. Of course, he has to go ahead and just say that. I actually got an email the other day that just said, let's face it, guys, we're all Team Sophie. It's true. And I was like, that's kind of great. I kind of like that better because then they can be on both of our teams. Absolutely. And not feel bad about it. All right, before we get going, I want to make sure you visit our website for links to all of our merch and stickers. Plus, you can also join the exclusive Crime Creep Club. All that and more by clicking the Buy Us a Coffee tab on www.casewatchpodcast.com. And you can also click the Buy a Sticker and get yourself any one of those Case Watch stickers you want. Guys, we'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys. See ya. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.